The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Buy low, sell high, and it is Worryometer Wednesday. I'm in a good mood, but still, it's this. It's always a good time to worry in fantasy football. Who are you worried about? Instead of us telling you who we're worried about, we'll find out who the listeners are worried about, and we will react. Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Heath Cummings here on Wednesday, Wednesday the 13th. Spooky show. <laughs> Wednesday the 13th. I just said that. I'm very excited for uh, the new Halloween movie this weekend. Yeah. The latest. I've never watched one of them. You've never seen a Halloween? I've never seen a, a Michael Myers movie. Wow. Never. Yeah, they're really, seen a Freddy really... Krueger movie or two. Those suck. Yeah. No. Halloween <laughs> is... is uh, in a different Come class. On. What they say, cool. all, right. all right. Like you can't, you can't say that. Like we do this thing every year where Heath's the bad guy because he doesn't like Halloween, yeah. and Adam's the good guy because Halloween's so much fun. Yeah. And then you say Freddy Krueger movies suck. The first like, one you don't good. like Halloween. Then no, the first one's a solid movie. The first one's you good. do not like Halloween. Oh, and also, I have seen very few images of you dressed up for Halloween. Yeah. Every year, I'm in a co- costume. <laughs> Posting pictures. I think you're a Halloween fraud. I think we have to dress up on Sunday night, on Halloween night, when we do the recap show. That's what I think. So Great. Okay. I'll I've already go. got my costume. Okay, good. Uh, so let's start with some buy lows and some sell highs. This segment, in an effort to rein in the show and make sure we get to everything we need to get to, we got to preview uh, the Thursday night game, Bucks and Eagles. This segment is called... Top two buy lows in 30 seconds on each, followed by a quick rebuttal from the other analyst. So if Dave goes first, then Heath gets to respond. But really, it shouldn't take more than 30 to 60 seconds total per player. Uh, so Dave, you can go first. 30 seconds on your t- on your favorite buy lows. Two of them. My first favorite, should I just combine them? No, do cool? one, at a, one at a time. One at a time? One at a time it is. Stefan Diggs, coming off of his worst game of the year, certainly his fewest targets of the year prior to that game. He had at least eight targets in his first four games, at least 12 PPR points in each of his first four games. I think he can do better than 12 PPR points most weeks. And this Buffalo offense is among the best in football. I would imagine the numbers are coming his way, and fantasy managers who drafted Stephon Diggs are unhappy with what they've gotten. If they are 3-2, and 2-3, 1-4, 0-5, oh negative 1-6, then Stephon Diggs is someone you should absolutely target off their team. Quick rebuttal, Heath. Should 0-5 teams be making trades at this point in redraft? <laughs> Yes. Everybody um, is no, allowed I agree to make trades. It's fine. You guys, Everybody's not allowed to make trades. If you're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, you are no longer allowed to make trades. Who's mathematically eliminated after five weeks? Nobody, Nobody at this point, but yeah. I'm just saying in like three weeks, the 0-5 team will be. Not if they're 3-5. and five, We're probably probably 2-6. and six. Uh, You guys still consider Diggs a top five wide receiver? Hmm. Probably not. There. Okay, would you rather have Justin Jefferson or Diggs? Oh, Jefferson. Jefferson. Would you rather have... Mike Williams or Diggs? Yeah. I had someone offer me Mike Williams for Diggs last night. And? I turned it down. You'd rather have Diggs? I'll take Diggs over Mike Williams. Okay. They're very close in the trade chart. Diggs is higher. All right, Dave, who's your second buy low? I am interested in acquiring Javante Williams, especially if I have playoff aspirations and I am not 0-5 or 1-4. I think that the time will eventually come where he is going to be the lead back in Denver. I know so far this season it's been an impressive. It's actually impressive how they've split the reps nearly 50-50 in every way, shape, and form. Um, But I, I, I think that he's a little bit more explosive than Melvin Gordon. He's certainly being used more in the pass game. He has at least three catches in each of his last three games. 
And we saw it last year, a bunch of rookie running backs broke out in the second half of the season. I think now's the time to get Javante before he has a big game, which might come this week against Las Vegas. And then he's uh, he's going to be too too rich for people's blood. Heath, do you agree? I, I don't I don't know how to feel about this one. I think a lot of people feel this way about Javante Williams, but it has been so 50-50. He hasn't separated himself from Gordon. And um, Dave's right about all those rookie running backs who had you know big finishes, but I, I don't know. I feel like the circumstances were a little different. What do you think? Well, I think almost almost all of those rookie running backs were better than Javante Williams. Um, I, the only thing I'm skeptical of is he was a 50-50 running back in college. He's always been a 50-50 running back. If Melvin Gordon disappear, disappeared, I'm not so sure that he wouldn't be a 50-50 running back with somebody else. Oh, um, I don't know. And I mean, but so is Josh, is, J- Josh Jacobs barely got any work in college. I don't know that that really matters. And, and I was skeptical about Josh Jacobs until they gave him 20 touches a game. Like some backs do do overcome that, but he, uh, I don't also know if the perception of, perception of Javante Williams is any different than what Dave just said. Uh, you, like you can't buy low on him because people expect? I think I think almost everyone believes Javante Williams is going to be better than Melvin Gordon almost every week. This is the week that Javante Williams is going to take over from Elvin Gordon. I've heard that like Mm. three weeks now. Let me make it clear that I don't think this is the week where it happens, where all of a sudden (laughs) 70-30. No, no, I I get that. I would expect still 50-50 this week. Yeah. It's a long-term play, right? And I also think that Denver will use another running back no matter what, but it could be 65-35 Javante over Melvin. Melvin could get pushed out of passing downs work. There's a bunch of different ways where Javante can be better and thus more reliable for fantasy. Because right now, you're right. We just don't know which Broncos running back is going to be great. I don't think they know. They're, like I said, doing an impressive job of keeping their workloads even like Steven. Yeah. So okay. I just I, I feel like cream rises to the top. It's one of those things. And I'll tell you one more. If you If you think that I'm wrong on this and that Javante Williams is just too stuck in the timeshare, then shoot a little lower and trade for Melvin Gordon. But why? That's the thing. It's like, why why do I want a guy? I don't know that I want anyone in this backfield. I I mean, they do run the ball a lot, but I'm just saying if you need a, if you need a running back. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. All right, let's go. Heath, you're up. You're number one. Uh, I'm going to, and this one, you may be one where you'll say you can wait a week. Although with what they've allowed in the passing game, it may not be. I'm buying low on Miles Sanders. I don't really believe that Kenneth Gainwell is taking this job from him. He played 75% of the snaps in week five, which was a season high. He's played at least 60% of the snaps in every game so far this season. He's been relatively efficient except for the six yards on five catches last week. He has at least three catches in four of five games, and he's kind of viewed in the same range as Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I think Miles Sanders is going to be better than them. The schedule gets much easier after week six against Tampa Bay. Rebuttal. Uh, the rebuttal is Philadelphia. I, I have they have they're running a league low thirteen point eight rush attempts per game with their running back so far this season. So it'll take what appears to be a significant change for for them to go back to their running backs even more. They're not giving them the ball as much as we'd like them to do. So that's the first thing. And then Last week was a good step for Miles Sanders. I agree. He played, I think it was like 75% of the snaps last week. It was really good. But yep. Gainwell, especially in a game like this, he he might get a real chance to step up. And every time they've got a game where they're not going to be able to run the ball, I think Gainwell is going to have that type of opportunity, and that could cost Sanders more in the long run. Doesn't so, Miles Sanders have the same number of targets as Kenneth Gainwell? Or like might, one but I don't, know if he's as, I don't know if he's as good of a receiver as Gainwell can be yeah i don't know we've seen him botch receptions before game had a six catch game but other than that really you know sanders has been more involved in the passing game than game at least in terms of catches um mm-hmm. i don't know i just well look has not but their, their schedule is never great lower from Miles sanders their, their next three the- games are great heath after tampa bay vegas detroit and the, and the chargers all rank 24th or or worse against running backs your next uh by low 
I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle. Um, I mean, for one thing, it shouldn't be surprising that a rookie wide receiver gets off to a slow start. Guys like Jamar Chase and apparently Kadarius Tony are the exception. But I really just think that it's hard to really measure him with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. I think that um, Tua will be better when Tua gets back, and he could be back very shortly. They can't get anyone else healthy, but I do think that when Devontae Parker's there, it's almost better for Waddle because then he doesn't, he's not the only wide receiver that the team has to worry about. I think in the second half of the season, Waddle has a good chance to be a high end number three wide receiver, if not better than that. Okay. Who would you trade for Waddle? Would you rather have Jacoby Myers or Jalen Waddle? Waddle for sure. Would you rather have Eli Mitchell or Jalen Waddle? I think Waddle. Mitchell. Mitchell for Dave, Waddle for Heath. Okay. Yep. All right, guys, do you want an edge when you're setting your DFS lineups? All you got to do is check out the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. They give you all of the DFS insights you need to dominate. That's Frank Stanfield hosting with Mike McClure and Sian Ajad. You got cash and GPP analysis on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Deep diving into the pricing and the matchups. Listen to the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast wherever you listen to FFT. We are on to the sell highs. Give me your two favorite sell highs. Um, go ahead, Heath. You're up. Uh, I'm I'm going to go with Dawson Knox, and I tweeted about this yesterday, so it really shouldn't surprise anyone. But he has 24 targets on the season. If he had just produced at the same rate of efficiency that Travis Kelsey has for his entire career, he would currently be tight end 11. I don't think he's as good as Travis Kelsey. Probably mm. the role, mm. other than one game, has just not been there for Dawson Knox he had four targets most weeks he's averaging what's five per game almost and he has one game with eight I just think with Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley and Stefan Diggs there's not going to be enough targets for Knox to be anything more than a Robert Tunyon which is possible but not something you should bank on and speaking of Robert Tunyon Dawson Knox currently has a higher touchdown rate than Tunyon did last year I'll I'll give a quick rebuttal. Sorry, I think that he's gotten more involved the last two games because two games ago he had eight targets, was it? And last week he had four, but Josh Allen only threw I think twenty seven passes, and there were four players who had four or five targets. So I don't. I mean, I feel like he's carving out a bigger role. So uh, do you? I I think like Dave's Dawson, Dave Stefan Diggs by low goes hand-in-hand with this. So I think we talked a lot about Knox on the stream last night, and it was like, do you buy... We had a poll question, you know, do you buy Dawson Knox, yes or not yet? And I think it's both for me. I buy, and I feel like we probably all feel this way, correct me if I'm wrong, I buy that he is a must-roster and a must-start tight end. I do not buy that he is a true difference-maker like Darren Waller and Mark Andrews and whatnot. So I mean, I, I agree with your sell high, but I also think... He's gonna be good, you know. He's, I don't he's know gonna if be he's valu- going to be good. I, okay, I'm higher on him then. I think he's gonna be valuable, but I don't think he's gonna be a true week to week difference maker at tight end. Dave, I think he's got the chance to be, and I think he's proven that over the last four weeks because he's scored four t- at least one touchdown in each of those last four games. So if you've got him, you're not giving him away, but he is the type of player that you want to package with another player in a two for one deal. Yeah. Where you, you get him off your roster and you upgrade at running back. Um, especially if you just lost somebody like Montgomery or Edwards Elaire or Saquon and you need help there. So he he's a trade chip for sure, but if your roster's healthy and you're doing fine and he's your tight end right now, he's very close to becoming a a must start tight end on a week to week basis and not like at the top of the streaming channel. Uh, Heath, how many tight ends would you definitively take ahead of Knox rest of season? Um, so Kelsey, Waller, Andrews, obviously. I would still take Hawkinson over Knox. I would still take Kittle over Knox. I would take Dalton Schultz over Knox. Um, I would Rocky. still take. I would still take Noah Fant over Knox. Um, that's, yeah, like, that, that's a tough oh, there's one. For one more. more Gronkowski. Oh, Kyle Pitts, for sure. Pitt, yeah, Pitts. Gronk, um, I would take Gronk over Knox. And Higby. then there's a handful of guys that I think he's in the discussion. I'm not sure. Um, but he's he's somewhere between tight end 9 and tight end 15 for me right now, rest of season. 
Okay, second sell high. Man, I was really prepared for that first one, not as prepared for the second it's okay. immediate you don't sell have to, high. You don't I mean, Debo Samuel, I think, is still an excellent sell high candidate just because Kittle's going to come back and his role is going to be more similar to what it was. And if Trey Lance does become the starting quarterback, that's not going to be great for Debo Samuel. Dave, uh, do you agree on that? Because I think Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback. But yes, Sam, Tr- Lance would, would not be good. And uh, Ayuk's, Ayuk's nothing right now, and Kittle has to miss at least two more games. So is Debo still a sell-high? Because we you mentioned that last week. Yeah, I think he's still a sell-high candidate, but it's not a get-him-off-my-team type of sell-high. It's somebody needs a wide receiver badly, and uh, you you give him Debo Samuel, and you get a good player in return. The problem is that I think the, the overarching opinion on Samuel in fantasy is that people recognize this is a guy who can't keep up what he's been doing. So I, I, I don't know how high you could sell him for. Can you turn him into DK Metcalf? Probably not without throwing something in. Would you do that at this point? I think they're really close in value, to be honest, just because DK doesn't have Russell Wilson for at least the next three Can you games. turn Debo and Dawson Knox into Stephon Diggs? Yeah, I think that's realistic. You might be able to do that. Okay, I would D- very happily do that. On to Dave's happily. sell highs. Go ahead. First sell high for me would be... Well, let's get Heath fired up. Lamar Jackson, who is coming off of this Remember, amazing Dave, you have, game. You have 30 seconds. Go ahead. Coming off an amazing game, but he had 20 or fewer fantasy points in three of the four games prior. And uh, I don't believe if he's necessarily a top three quarterback rest of season. If you want to call him a top six fantasy quarterback rest of the season, I completely agree. But I, I am a little concerned about what might happen here because we've seen it to begin the year. And Heath is going to say that he was unlucky in those first four games. I would say in the second half against Indianapolis, he was extremely fortunate to come through with the numbers that he got. Uh, first factual uh, disagreement. Lamar Jackson is one of three quarterbacks who does not have a game with fewer than 20 fantasy points, according False. to the weekly well, scoring in our FFT league. Well, I'm uh, looking at it right now. Decimals. 20, 34, 21, 21, 49. That's in our FFT league, which is standard CBS scoring. I've got twenty and nineteen. Yeah, I've got nineteen, thirty-three, because you're looking at leagues that don't have decimal scoring, and that's really, really, really okay. Okay, fine. So he had a twenty-point game. Fine. Yeah, twenty. He had. He did have a twenty-point game. He had two twenty-one-point games. Yes. Um. Thank you, Ben Schrager. There you go. Um. This is a guy who was the number one quarterback in fantasy and the MVP in 2019. He's throwing for more than 300 yards per game. And amazingly, it's not impacted his rush attempts at all. He's still averaging 11 rush attempts per game. They've just stopped giving the ball to their bad running backs and they're running the entire offense through him. He is one of three or four quarterbacks who legitimately could be the league-winning number one quarterback the rest of the season, and I would not give him up unless it was like a first or second-round pick. Okay. Well, of course. Okay. uh, That's what I'm looking for when I say sell high. Who's your second sell high, Dave? I'm worried about the receivers in Seattle without Russell Wilson there. I think the values are down a little bit for DK and Lockett. Lockett was already proving to be a very flighty um, fantasy receiver where he's like the last game. He was very close. He should have had a good game, but he didn't. And it's three in a row for him where he hasn't. And so it feels very Tyler Lockett-ish how his season has gone. And now he doesn't have Russell Wilson, who's one of the best deep-throwing quarterbacks at his disposal for three games, four games, six games, maybe the rest of the year if Seattle starts to lose out. So I I might consider, especially with Lockett, getting what you can for him at this point. Okay. this is He's not a sell high as much as he might be just a sell. Let me ask you about Metcalf. Uh, Metcalf or A.J. Brown? Hmm. I've got Metcalf higher. That Brown's an interesting buy low. I, yeah, I, I wish I knew what was going on with A.J. Brown. We just I don't think we have any idea how healthy he is. Yeah, he's on the Warriometer. We'll get to him. Uh, so Metcalf, so who would you take, Heath? I'd probably take Metcalf. Okay. Uh, Metcalf or Calvin Ridley? Ridley. Metcalf or Ridley? Ridley, okay. Uh, does anybody want ground beef for life? Does that sound good to anybody? Ground beef for life? Uh, yes. I, yeah. 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 
All right, well, yes. here's what you do. You go to butcherbox.com slash FFT, but you got to do it. Do it now. It is a limited time offer. You might only have a couple days, so press pause on the podcast. Go to butcherbox.com slash FFT. For a limited time, ButcherBox is giving new members two pounds of free ground beef in every order for the life of your membership. My ButcherBox delivery is on its way. Should get here any day, and it's not my first ButcherBox delivery. I'm going to have a box with 9 to 11 pounds of incredible food, delicious, high-quality meat raised without antibiotics or added hormones. And I love ButcherBox. I strongly recommend that you go out and get yourself some ButcherBox. Um, the bottom line, it's just, it, it tastes much better. I mean, you can talk about all the benefits of the, the, the grass-fed beef and the organic free-range chicken, and that is really important. That is a big deal. But most importantly, I think for a lot of people, is the taste. And it just tastes so damn good. This meat is, is amazing, and it's so much better than anything I've gotten at the grocery store. And I can't find these types of things at the grocery store. And the free-range organic chicken is my favorite. I know, uh, you know the, the beef and, the, and you know, the pork shoulders and all this stuff are a little bit more uh, eye-catching, but just the straight-up chicken, throw it on the grill, was, was my favorite, has been my favorite. They've also got heritage breed pork, 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, wild-caught lobster tails, wild-caught Alaskan salmon. It is all available. And you go to butcherbox.com, you can select one of their boxes, or you can customize a box. Select the food that you want. It gets sent right to your door. Very easy process. So please, let's have some awesome, delicious, high-quality food in our life, high-quality meat. This is your chance to never have to shop for ground beef again. That's right. ButcherBox is giving new members free ground beef for life. Sign up at butcherbox.com FFT. Get two pounds of ground beef free in every order for the life of your membership. Log on to butcherbox.com slash FFT to claim this deal and do it today or tomorrow, people. Times are running out. News and notes. Dallas Goddard is on the reserve COVID list. So I don't, he hasn't officially been ruled out for Thursday, has he? No. Okay. He has to pass two negative COVID tests before he plays. Right. He's got time to do it, but. Well, he, he has to pass the first one by the end of the day today because they have to be 24 hours apart. Yeah, it's not going to be easy for Dallas Goddard to play this week. Zach Ertz is 68%. Right, we're not 68% rostered, and I think he has 21 targets in his last three games, something like that. Uh, is he a must-add, must-start? Yes. He is a low-end tight end one this week. He was unbelievably sloppy last week, though. At the passing game. I, I would start Zach Ertz in PPR this week over Dawson Knox. Well, Heath, I'll tell you what. I'd start him over TJ Hawkinson. You're both crazy. Why? I don't think that's crazy at all. He, he He's had uh, 21 targets over his last three games, and he was good the two weeks before. One bad game shouldn't impact our feelings I know. that much. I, sure, but I think there's certainly more upside with Hawkinson uh, against Cincinnati. I'm okay what's with wrong, starting him. What's wrong with Cincinnati? They, they're solid. And but they are. Solid. They're better than the Chief, than the Bucks defensively. I do have Hawkinson ahead of Ertz. I, I go Hawkinson, Ertz, Knox. Okay. Yeah, Ertz will be last for me. Okay. Uh, Clyde Edwards Elair is on IR, so a little bit uh, clearer timeline. You're getting at least three weeks of Daryl Williams. And unless they trade for Marlon Mack, they're interested in him. Do you guys think we should be stashing Marlon Mack? Oh, I don't think it's a bad idea at all in deeper leagues. But in a regular 10 or 12 team league, I don't know if that's worth I don't know if he's worth it, especially when do trades usually happen in the NFL? Do you know what day? No. Tuesday. Usually no. Tuesday. Tuesday. During the off days. And today's Wednesday. There were no trades last Tuesday. If you want to pick him up on Saturday before the games kick off, uh, I'm cool with that. But I don't I just I don't know if I want to dedicate a roster spot to him long term when he might go to Kansas City and be part of a quartet in the backfield. Gronk's out this week. A um, couple of players signed to practice squads. Denver signed John Brown. Miami signed Travis Fulgham. Speaking of Miami, Tua is off IR, but not necessarily ready to play. We're hoping he comes back this week in London against the Jaguars. Arizona defensive end Chandler Jones is on the reserve COVID list, as he'll try to get off the list by Sunday at Cleveland. He tested positive for COVID, but if he doesn't have symptoms, he is vaccinated. He has a chance to play. 
Okay, here's the timeline for Jeff Wilson. I tried to find it yesterday. I could not. They're hoping for late November for that's, Jeff Wilson. That's not good. Yeah. Hoping. Mm-hmm. At so, all. Like so, if you're hoping for six weeks from now. Yeah. And, the, I mean, J. Michael Hasty's on IR, too. I don't know his timeline, but does it feel like this is Eli Mitchell's big opportunity? I know he's got to buy this week, so... This is if you want to buy low on him. I mean, this is a great time to get Eli Mitchell coming off a disappointing game and on a buy, but got basically all the carries. So is this is this a a buy low opportunity? I guess. On yeah. Mitchell. Okay. It's uh, fair to say that. Seattle released cornerback Trey Flowers, and yes, I wouldn't give I wouldn't give up a lot for Elijah Mitchell though. <clears throat> Would you okay. give up Dawson Knox for Elijah? Oh, we already asked that. I said, or no, we did it with Waddle. You, he said he'd rather have Waddle I'd, than Elijah. I'd rather have Mitchell than Knox for sure. Okay. Yeah, I think that that's a fair trade. Uh, last night I had uh, ice cream that had Heath Bar in it. I thought about you, Dave. Well, I, I, that's that's an image that will be in my head for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. Listen to vanilla ice cream, Reese's Pieces, white chocolate, chocolate, chocolate covered almonds, and Heath Bar, all in one ice cream. You know what would have been better? What? Vanilla ice cream with Heath Bar in it. <laughs> All the other stuff you don't want? I'm just saying. All right. Uh, well, uh, you know, you are pretty vanilla. Okay. What do you make of these stats? Dak Prescott has a 7.9% touchdown rate. In every other year of his career, it's been 4.1 to 5%. What do you make of that? Uh, it, I think he's having not- a fantastic season. Yeah, it's not. It's also not uncommon. Like we've seen higher touchdown rates from guys like Tannehill and Cousins in years where they haven't thrown as much. Mm-hmm. He's throwing about as much as Tannehill and Cousins have over the past three years. <laughs> so that that the scary part is that's probably going to regress a little bit, and he doesn't have enough pass volume to be this good without it. Right. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. Um, all right, what do you make of this? By the way, who, which quarterback leads the NFL in touchdown rate? Oh, I know this one. Is it Lamar? No. He's not. No, Lamar's just like 4.8. He's he's still got some good regression coming. <laughs> he's be even he better got, than he was. He, he's, a, he's a quarterback that nobody really seems to want on, on a fantasy roster in a 1QB league. I know Eric it, too. He is on a bye this week. Matt Ryan. No. Jameis. Jameis Winston, yeah. Ah, uh, right. yeah. Next stat. Remember, Heath said buy low on Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders leads the NFL in fewest attempts per broken tackle. He is fourth in the NFL in fewest receptions per broken tackle. He is seventh in the NFL among running backs in yards before contact per attempt. All pretty good metrics if he could just get more carries. Is that Does any of that matter to you? Yeah, he's not been bad. Is what that like? I don't know for sure that that tells us that Miles Sanders has been good, but I think that tells us definitively Miles Sanders has not been bad as far as how he's playing. Mm-hmm. He's got a good setup. Why are they giving him the ball more? I well, I don't know that. Right, that's the problem. Yeah, but they just gave him sixteen touches. If they give him sixteen touches every week. He's he's going to be good. All right, last stat here: Joe Burrow has ten red zone pass attempts. There are three quarterbacks with 34 or more red zone pass attempts, 12 quarterbacks with 25 or more, and Burrow has 10. The Bengals have had the fewest red zone trips. They're tied with Pittsburgh and Miami. Think about those offenses. Pittsburgh, Miami, and the Bengals have the fewest red zone trips, and the Bengals have actually run the third fewest plays in the NFL, and they are 12th in yards per play. So they're they're efficient on offense, but they're not running a lot of plays. They're not getting a lot of scoring opportunities. And I think you see it in the in the attempts and the targets for guys like T. Higgins. Have they played two overtime games? They've played at least one. Green Bay and Minnesota. Wow. That's amazing. Minnesota might not have been. I got to double check. Oh, Minnesota was. Minnesota was yeah. definitely overtime. Yeah. Two overtime games, and they've run the third fewest plays in the NFL. I, they must just be super slow. Yeah. Well, I think it's that... And they've had the big plays to chase, yeah, which have made some like one or two play drives. And they've they've had a lot of um, games, I think, where the opposing team gets three yards, three yards, first down, three yards. I don't think they've done very well in time of possession either. 
I, I guess I would say if they if this can you know correct itself and they can start running more plays, even if they're not you know great at that, th- then we could really see this offense take off. But maybe they're just too slow. I, I don't know, too run heavy. Uh, so okay. Well, I think Higgins is in the worryometer. And speaking of which, it is worryometer Wednesday. Here we go from Jose Rivera. Worried about Amari Cooper and the Dallas passing game. Where are you guys? Zero to ten on Amari Cooper specifically. And I gave this stat last night on this live stream, which you should always check out, by the way. 8 p.m. Eastern Tuesday, Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Amari Cooper has scored 5, 5, 15, and 15 PPR fantasy points in his last four games. There are 24 wide receivers who average 15 PPR fantasy points per game and have played at least four games. So Cooper has been, at best, 24th, you know, in his last... He might have finished that higher than that a particular week, but that's kind of been his ceiling the last four games in full PPR, and he's been able to score touchdowns the last two. Anyway, 0-10 to 10 on Cooper. Dave, you can start. I'll put it right in the middle. I'm I'm concerned about him, but I'm still probably going to start him. It's going to be with the idea that he's more of a touchdown needy type of fantasy receiver. Although I, I, I say that, but I also recognize that there's always the chance of a game that comes along where he gets five or six catches. We just haven't seen it since week one when he had a crazy amount of targets and a crazy amount of grabs. He's been saved by long touchdowns each of the last two weeks. I think he's a better player than... Well, he needs a long touchdown or else he's going to stink. I think he's better than that. But we've seen Dalton Schultz really step up in this offense. He started to take work away from everybody in there. And I don't think he's going away. So the Cowboys just have this unbelievable embarrassment of riches in their passing game. And uh, they're getting Michael Gallup back on top of it. Yeah, it, it, I'm, I, I, I hesitate a little to start Amari Cooper each week, but I figure that there's probably other receivers on the team that I just can't trust as much. I'm a seven on Cooper, a six on Lamb, and a six on Deck. Um, the vo- the pass volume has just almost disappeared, and they've not really been a team that throws 30% of their passes to their number one or number two wide receivers. It's stayed pretty constant, around 20%. I'm, I'm worried, if we're talking about relative to where we drafted, I'm worried about Lamb, Cooper, and Deck not meeting draft expectations. And just... On something else we speculated on, the Bengals are uh, negative two minutes per game in time of possession. Not near as bad as Seattle, who is negative 1031. That's amazing. Oh, amazing. Or oh, uh, so Geno Smith. One other problem. Well, Chris made a good point about that. I mean, Russell Wilson's so efficient, and they do connect on those big plays, that Geno Smith might actually help their time of possession, and they might run more plays. I think they have the fewest in the NFL, the Seahawks. Uh, the the Cowboys schedule, they do not have a lot of good offenses that they're facing. Patriots, then a bye, Minnesota, Denver, Atlanta, Kansas City. That's the immediate future. I don't know that they're going to be throwing much in some of these games. So, uh, all right. So Dave's not quite as worried as Heath is, but there's still some concern there. Next is from Ty Cub. He is worried about Deontay Johnson and T. Higgins. Are are you guys basically a zero on Deontay Johnson, Worryometer? Yeah. I, I'll, I'll go one. Now that you're used out. I'll, I'll go one on Deontay Johnson just because I don't understand why he... No, I'm going to go three on Deontay Johnson. He's ha- He's been hurt like 17 times over the last two years. So that's yeah. always a little bit of a worry. And the fact that he had two targets last week is... I have no explanation for it whatsoever. Yeah. All right, but we're not. But he's a must start, and his usually yes. usually gets his double digit targets from Ben. Uh, Roethlisberger only threw twenty five passes last week. He's he's he was forty or more each of the previous three. T Higgins worryometer on T Higgins five. Uh, there's there's a concern that there will be games where Jamar Chase is the one and Tyler Boyd is the two and T Higgins is the three. There are concerns that the Bengals stay run heavy and slow. And so if Higgins, if Chase is getting 25% of the targets, 20% of 30 pass attempts is six targets a game, and that's not a starting wide receiver. I don't see Higgins as an explosive receiver either. He doesn't make a ton of huge plays downfield. I think as long as play of the year, he does have a 28-yarder. He's a perimeter receiver that needs touchdowns in order to come through, and he's not getting the volume that you like. I'm more worried about Higgins than I am Amari Cooper. 
Higgins, one good thing is it's really small sample, but he does lead the team in red zone and green zone targets, but they just haven't thrown that many. But that's with missing two games. So I, I, I'm hoping that he is just sort of Joe Burrow's guy there. He might need to be. Uh, from Jersey Wolf, George Kittle, when he's back, what's your worryometer on George Kittle? I'll try to stay consistent and do it based on where he was drafted. I'm like a seven. But in terms of whether I'm starting him or not, the second George Kittle's back, he's in my lineup, and I'm not going to think about it the rest of the year. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like what I was saying with Cooper. Like, there's this trust factor that's been established for a long time that you don't want to necessarily, you know, be flippant about. You don't want to just say, all right, well, this guy's no good anymore just because he hasn't been good so far this season. When you know, <laughs> over the course of his career, he's been pretty great. So I'm... I'm 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 rolling with Kittle as like a four on the worryometer. I'm not too worried. About I'm not it. laughing at you, Dave. I'm like laughing at this comment from <laughs> Akarsh. God, Adam is one handsome man. I don't know. I, I are you kidding me? I I think that's got to be sarcasm. I look ridiculous. I've needed a haircut for two weeks. It's I I'm sorry about the way I look. My apologies. Me too. Uh, okay. Uh, by the way, Kittle is on pace. His 16-game pace is 908 yards. That is shockingly low. He's been on pace for over 1,200 yards in each of his last three seasons. And yet 900 yards from a tight end, just in general, is great. Yeah, but also zero touchdowns. That's probably a top three tight end. <laughs> okay, uh, from TD, worryometer on Waddle. Yeah, we thought you some Heath called him a, a uh, buy low. His A dot in week one was... 9.8. Since then, it's been super low. So I'm hoping that's a Tua thing. Maybe that, you know, he just... No, it's not. It's not? It, it's a waddle thing. He's running a lot of his routes close to the line of scrimmage. I believe five of his 35 routes last week were 11-plus yards downfield. But, but he did have a change? better A dot when he played with Tua. That's what I'm saying. Could that change? You know, could they take more shots with Tua than... I don't know. I think he was still running a lot of shorter routes with Tua. So... Maybe there was one or two targets that he had with Tua that were further downfield, and that's what pushed up the A dot in that game. Uh, This is a team where I I want them to grow Waddle and make him a bigger part of the offense, and so far this year it hasn't happened. He's been their slot guy. He's been their short area check down guy, and they're hoping that he makes plays after the catch. He really hasn't done a whole lot of that. Boy, they have some awful defenses. Four of their next six games are against the Jaguars, Falcons, Texans, and Jets. They also have Atlanta and Baltimore in there. I, I mean, you say that, but I just don't know that the offense is good enough to to make to make him a true buy low. You know, is he going to score? At, you know, is he going to get twelve targets? I mean, there, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was against Las Vegas, I don't know. thirteen targets. He's not going to get twelve targets a game. Okay, so that's <laughs> part of the problem. So if his role, well, who is going to get nobody's going to get twelve game. targets a game? No, not many people get twelve targets per game. Yeah. But All right. I would happily take eight for him. That might mean seven catches. It might mean eight catches. And I don't know if we, we don't, I, we don't know at all how good this offense is. We have no idea. We've seen them play one game with Tua, and that was against the Patriots. Then they faced the Bills the following week. They faced Tampa Bay, which doesn't have a good pass defense, but has a very good defense. The Colts, which, and the Raiders, which aren't bad defense. I mean, they haven't faced a really a good matchup yet. And they've been playing with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Right. We don't really know what they are because, first of all, they haven't had everybody healthy at the same time. There hasn't been a game with Tua, Waddle, Parker, Fuller, Gasicki. Right. And there probably won't be with all those guys. I don't know. We might be a couple weeks away from that actually happening. And they've got a lot of good matchups coming up. So, reasons for optimism with the Miami Dolphins. Okay, uh, let's do a few more here, and let's go quicker. Uh, DJ Caso, Mike Davis, still have him on my bench, have not started him at all this season. What's your worryometer on Mike Davis, who is number 29 in non-PPR, number 24 in PPR through five games? I think he is what he is. He's the primary running back for Atlanta. For God's sake, just give me a damn number! It's. I would be like a six on him, because I'm not expecting him to be better than what he's been. If we're doing this relative to where he was drafted, he's been almost exactly what he was drafted to be. Come on, let, don't be so literal. Zero. How worried are you about Mike Davis? I'm not worried about Mike Davis. Okay. Uh, okay. Interesting. Well, what do I, I have to be worried Patterson about? Patterson is taking him. But he off. might be worse than he has been. 
that he is as bad as he has been, which is a guy that is, I mean, he's been fine in PPR. It's right exactly he's where you drafted fine. him to be. I guess so. But you also, you drafted, like, like I hate that argument. Oh, it makes my blood boil. All the Heath bar that is in my blood right now is boiling. Uh, it, because you don't draft him being like, oh, all right, well, he's just 24th running back off the board. I hope he's running back 24. You draft no, you him because you were hoping for more. You think, but I'm not going to be worried if he's exactly what I drafted him to, to be. I am going to be no, worried. I am worried about players who have been worse than I drafted him to be. Yeah, well, Aren't you? Didn't you want him to be like a number two running back, week in, week out, surefire starter? Like when I drafted Mike Davis in the few leagues I did, that's what I was hoping he would be. It was a hope, yeah. Right. And also, I'm worried about a guy who's averaging 3.3 yards per carry because you keep doing that, you're going to get fewer carries. They're not going to keep riding you if you're that bad. Uh, zero, or they'll just and give Patterson about it. more work, and they, or the or Gallman, yeah. No, I, see, that's the thing. I don't think Patterson becomes a a workhorse running back for them. I think they love the role that he's in. Okay, let's go. AJ Brown, zero to ten. I'm kind of worried about. Did you watch his film yet, Heath? No, I watched his targets when Adam was talking about Butcher Box earlier in the show. <laughs> And he didn't seem quite as explosive as he has in the past. And Tannehill was off target on a bunch of throws. He almost scored last week, by the way. He had a catch and run on a they had a shallow cross that he took to like the one yard line. And on that play, he looked pretty good. He didn't look like the same AJ Brown that I remember. I would For say God's he's a sake. seven on a warometer. Uh, what is it? There we go. Seven. Seven. Well, that's a lot. I was not thinking that. I was thinking. He's fine. My, my, okay. I know it got lost in, in all the words, but I said eight. You said eight. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm surprised. Uh, 49 yards and a touchdown in week one wasn't great, but he had eight targets. He had a bad game in week two, but remember he had all those drops. He should have had a huge game in week two, uncharacteristic. Week three, he got hurt immediately. Week four, he played 64% of the snaps coming off the injury. They already talked about getting him more work this week. I, I wasn't really that worried. I'm surprised you guys are that high. Okay. All right. And I last don't know one. if he's healthy. Last one is uh, Chase Edmonds. JK wants to know how worried we are about Chase Edmonds. Zero to ten. I think it's format dependent. I'm not worried about him at all in PPR leagues. And I'd only be moderately worried. Call it a two and no, not even a two. Like a one in PPR and a four and a half in non-PPR. What would the worry be? Like, Adam, you're the Chase Edmonds guy. And I know you hate the he's been what we drafted him to be. No, he's been much better. What would the worry be with Chase Edmonds? So, uh, Chris, I think, is the Chase Edmonds guy. The worry is that he has almost no chance to score touchdowns, that he might score four touchdowns this year. Honestly, that's my concern. He's got zero through five games. James Conner and Murray are the goal line guys. Um, The worry to me is that they do spread the ball around so much that there could be some games like last game where he, he was injured, but he still played his normal snap share. And that he just isn't part of the passing game that much, you know, like yeah. like Christian Kirk has his game and AJ Green has his game where they get nothing. And Chase Edmonds is not immune to that. So if you take right. that away, you have a pretty bad running back, I'd say. That's the worry. He's a he's a fine number two running back in PPR, but mid range number two running backs in PPR have bad games. There's yeah. no such thing as a a consistently good number two running back in PPR. I don't think. I also think there's a little worry about upside. You know, I I don't know that he has a lot of weekly upside, but there's no way I'm taking no, him out of my life. But he never did. If he could score some damn touchdowns, but you know, I, there's one thing. I just last thing on Edmonds. I drafted a lot of Edmonds because James Conner has been one of the most injury-prone running backs in football for the last few years. He's still the same James Conner. He could still get hurt. It's only been five games, so that is why I drafted Edmonds because I think you could get three or four games where he's almost Alexander Madison, and that would be huge. Obviously, it's a gamble. I can't guarantee that's going to happen, but I still think Connor could could get hurt, I mean, like anyone. But he's more injury. He could, but he's he's also playing less. When he's, he was getting hurt in Pittsburgh, he was their workhorse running back. He's now, still getting he's a lot not, of carries, though. But stay healthy. You're right. About Do you know that. what Edmonds is on pace for? No yardage wise. Uh, total Over yards, I guess twelve hundred. Over fourteen hundred and fifty total yards. Oh. He's averaging over eighty yards per game. That's wow. a decent floor in non-PPR. I mean, you'd want a little bit more, and you're right about the touchdowns, and that was the biggest worry that we had on Edmonds coming into the year. All right, we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, Tampa Bay at Philadelphia, your emails, your Apple podcast questions. We'll be right back.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Bucks at Eagles. And by the way, for all of you shraggers out there who are wondering what I was doing when I was going, for God's sake, just give me the damn number. That is one of my favorite lines from Dumb and Dumber. I know some of you. I thought you were just being mean to Dave again. No, no, it's from Dumb and Dumber. I I should just get the drop, Um, but it's not really my thing. Uh, This is an interesting game because Tampa Bay has attempted the most passes in the NFL, and the Eagles, I think, have seen the most rush attempts in the NFL. People don't teams have not been passing on the Eagles. Is it me or does Heath look like an older Justin Tucker? Do I? I like by haven't we been saying that for years? Doesn't everybody say that about Heath? (laughs) But the the thing is, we can't get some consistency here. There's apparently like 18 famous Heath doppelgangers. And they're all much more famous and successful than I am. Um, like, can we find somebody who's not quite as successful to comp- like? I, some people say I look like Aaron Rodgers. Well, he's a lot better at his job than I am. Um, I don't know about that's, that. Uh, that's you do look a little like Justin Tucker. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said Eli Manning last week. What? No, you look yeah. nothing like Eli Manning. Like Eli. I, I think it's the uh, the mouth. We have the same mouth. You and Justin Tucker, or you and Eli Manning? Eli Manning. Oh, okay. Championship mouth. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay and Philadelphia. So, yeah, teams have not been uh, throwing much on the Eagles, but that will probably change. And stat of the game comes from True Media. The Bucks have the most 20-plus yard receptions and tied for the second most 25-plus yard receptions. Meanwhile, the Eagles' defense, great at preventing big plays. They've allowed only eight catches of 20-plus yards. That's second fewest in the NFL. Only six receptions of 25-plus yards. That's tied for the second fewest in the NFL. Did not stop Tyreek Hill from having a massive game. So with all that being said, the setup for this game, do you guys have any concerns about Tom Brady with the trends and the thumb? Any concerns about Brady? No. None whatsoever. Okay. He's one for Dave. Brady. Biggest worry, if there is one at all, is that the Eagles have typically played heavy zone defense, which the stats you gave would be in line with. That type of defense tries to take away the big play. I think the Bucks are still going to try and make some big splash plays in this game. Despite I, I, if there's a concern, and I don't really like I'm starting all the Bucks wide receivers, I, I wonder mm-hmm. if it's more of a Godwin Antonio Brown game because they're taking away things down the field and so it's got to be more short area targets well that hurts brown too you know evans has been kind of like ppr machine right he's had like seven or more catches and four straight or something or something close to that no probably not but i'm gonna look it up now and see how close you are yeah yeah please do actually because i I think it's been surprising with the catches uh by the way dave tom brady uh the eagles are the zone heaviest team in the nfl Yep. He uh, Brady has the fifth highest completion percentage against zone, eighth most yards per attempt against zone. Ninth Mike Evans passer. does have seven or more catches in two games this season. Okay, so what is it the last four games? Five, eight, seven, six. Okay. So it's an, a- it's an average. Of, <laughs> it's an average of six and a half, which if you rounded it up would yeah. be seven, which is basically seven in four straight games. Okay. That was onto something. But it's more than you'd expect from, from Evans. Uh, all right, Leonard Fournette. Or Miles Sanders. Hmm, I wonder what the prop is for his reception total. Leonard Fournette or Miles Sanders is a terrible question because you know you should not start Miles. We're starting Sanders. Fournette. We're not starting Miles Sanders. This yeah. is a really like most of the time these games are are quite easy, and this is another easy game. Okay, Leonard Fournette or Antonio Brown. Um, I don't. I mean, I've I got start them both. I've got Brown higher in PPR. Okay, Leonard yeah, Fournette. I'd probably start. Go ahead. I'd probably start Brown and PPR. Leonard Fournette or Daryl Williams? Fournette. Fournette. Uh, Devontae Booker? Fournette. Fournette. Don't say it like that. Come on. Fournette. <laughs> Leonard Fournette is a top 15 running back. Yeah, I know, but these other guys might be too. Uh, and yeah, Devontae Booker is not a top 15 running back. Heath, 
I'm looking at your rankings. You have him 15th in non PPR. He is not. And you have. Um, I'm looking at my rankings in PPR, and it shows Devontae Booker 18th. It shows Leonard Fournette 14th. Daryl Henderson 15th. Okay, I said non PPR. Oh, well, who plays non PPR? Five like, <laughs> percent of people. And and, and no, you already did. I didn't hit refresh. He's not. Come on. He's 19th. He's 19th. Booker. All right, so Fournette's a start. Eagles have been terrible against the run their last three games. 94 more yards against the Eagles for a lead running back. That's Zeke, CEH, and Hubbard. So it's not exactly three studs. Um, so, okay, Fournette, start him. We should not get away. Just start all the Bucks wide receivers, right? We shouldn't get away from Godwin, even though he's been struggling a start bit. Start them all. Okay. He had 14 points last week, didn't he? Godwin um, should need him up in uh, PPR. He has three straight games without a touchdown. Uh, actually, I think he had a rushing touchdown in one of the maybe one of them. <laughs> <He did. laughs> but that, that might have been week two, though. No, I think that was week three against the Rams. So three straight uh, games without a receiving touchdown. He's been, he's been a little disappointing lately. Any interest in Cameron Brait? Uh, I no. think OJ Howard would be a better play. And there's no interest in him, right? I think Zach Ertz and Dan Arnold would be better plays for sure. Do you like Jalen Hurts this week? Yeah, yeah, start him. Okay, he's, every single quarterback to take on this Bucks team is thrown for at least 275 yards and multiple touchdowns. They have not been tested against a running quarterback yet this year, and uh, they're they're gonna. Jalen Hurts is one of three quarterbacks, along with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, who scored at least 20 fantasy points in every start this year. Unless you play in non-decibel scoring. <laughs> uh, so, okay, Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott? I have Dak higher. I think I have Hurts higher. Jalen Hurts or Matthew Stafford at the Giants? I think I'm going to move Hurts ahead of Stafford. I, I currently have Stafford one spot ahead, but I agree. I want to move Hurts ahead of him. All right. Get Hurts in your lineup. Hurts over Bra- uh, over uh, Rodgers? I think I would. Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. Hurts over all the non-top 12 quarterbacks. The only argument I can make for Miles Sanders is we know it's unlikely he's going to run the ball well against the Bucks. Is They give up a lot of receiving totals. Five running backs have had at least four catches. Four running backs have had at least five catches against the Bucks, and it, maybe it's Gainwell, but three or more catches in four or five games for Sanders. So like, how bad do you have to be at running back to start Miles Sanders? You have to have guys on by, and you missed out on Daryl Williams and Devontae Booker on the waiver wire. But the Dolphins laid out a pretty interesting way to move around that run defense, and I think a lot of teams have done it, honestly. But the problem is, is that Sanders might get three or four or five catches, but Gainwell could also get three or four or five catches. Yeah. Just yeah, not convinced. I, I'm not convinced that Miles Sanders is their guy. But what again, this kind of goes back to the Elijah Mitchell Trey Sermon thing from Sunday. Like mm-hmm. five games they've played this year, Miles Sanders has played at least 60% of the snaps. Kenneth Gainwell has played 45% or fewer. What we have no evidence that someone else is their preferred running back. That and just last week they gave him 75% of the touches. I'll amend my statement and say in the passing game, I'm not sure that Miles Sanders is their guy. But they have thrown the ball to Miles Sanders more than the Kenneth Gainwell. They have, but I don't know if that stays that way. Yeah, I, I'm convinced that he's their guy overall, but I'm not convinced that they care to run the ball that much. They are a throwing team, and they're not going to run the ball, obviously, in this game. We expect. I, I think Miles Sanders is a borderline starter in full PPR. I don't like him in non-PPR, but in full PPR, I would start him ahead of the Broncos. I'd start him ahead of Alex Collins if Carson's out. I'd start him ahead of Damian Harris. Man, you start him ahead of Alex Collins if Carson's out. And unfortunately, we probably won't know because you know it's Thursday game. That's interesting. Okay. Well, if, uh, if Carson doesn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday and there's no report saying that he's close to playing on Friday, then I think you know to go with Sanders. And I agree with that, Sanders over Collins. Uh, okay. And uh, Devontae Smith. Is Devontae Smith better than any of the three Bucks receivers? No. No. Okay. I mean, oh, I'm in that. Devontae Smith will very likely be better than one of the three Bucks wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know which one it will be. Do you like him this week? Like love? Yes. I'd say uh, love. Like. He's wide receiver 28 for me. 
He's fine. He's got to get more targets. You know, the Bucks allow the third most fantasy points to wide receivers, but there's only been one wide receiver who's had a good game against the Bucks with fewer than 10 targets. There are a lot of receivers that get a ton of targets against the Bucks. Deshaun Jackson was the only one. Remember, he obviously had the big plays. Uh, and Smith has had, he did have 10 targets against the Chiefs, but usually he's around seven or eight targets. So yeah, I, it's very feasible that he gets 10 targets. I think so, especially if Goddard isn't playing. I think that just opens things up even more. I want to get uh, Kadarius Tony involved here since he's the top waiver wire wide receiver. How many wide receivers in this game would you start Tony over? Would you start him over Brown? Would you start him over Devontae Smith? No. There are four um, I, w- I would start ahead of Tony. Okay. Yeah, I, I've currently got Tony ahead of Devontae Smith. Um, I'm not sure it will stay there, but they are in a very similar range, and I need to correct myself because I like going and finding things and correcting other people. Uh, Gainwell has two more targets than Miles Sanders this year. Yeah, a lot of it was that one game, so it's I, I right. don't know how, I don't know what to make of it, but okay, Zach Ertz, top ten in non PPR. I think he's top twelve. I have I have yesterday's rankings, so that was Tuesday. I'm sure things have changed a lot, but man. I don't know why I wouldn't start Zach Ertz. Maybe I'm crazy here, but he's a tight end. He's, he's sixth for me in PPR. He's sixth in PPR? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's too high for me. I've got him 11th right now. Could get as high as 10 or 9, but he's a, he's a low-end starter in PPR that you can expect a bounce-back game from. What is what is Zach Ertz for the season in PPR? He's got to be, be close to top 12. Well, let me just tell you this, and we'll end on this. Dalton Schultz. Oh, he's 20. Yeah. Dalton Schultz, Kyle Pitts, Tyler Higby, Hunter Henry, and Jonu Smith. Those five tight ends had five or six targets against the Bucks. They all scored double-digit PPR fantasy points, 10 or more, F- with five or six targets. Ertz has seven, eight, and six in his last three games, and that was without Dallas Goddard. So Gasicki was a dud last week. Four for 43 is not like the worst you'll see from a tight end, but he was pretty disappointing on seven targets. The other guys who have had five or six targets, they've all come through against the Bucs. And the Tampa we're Bay... Way they, off what's that? On, uh, we're way off on Ertz and where he is on the season in PPR. Where is he? Two, four, six, eight, 20th. and 12, 14, 16, 18, 20th it is. He'll be top 34 12. 34 fantasy points in PPR in the league after and at 6.8. Fantasy points per game. Could be top 12 after this week. DST, start Tampa Bay's DST. They're third for Jamie, fourth for Dave, and eighth for Heath. Dave, that is Thursday Night Football. No, 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 no. Am I way too low on the Tampa Bay defense? <laughs> Considering I have a lot of Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts, yes, you are way too low on the Tampa Bay DST. Emails. Okay, fantasyfootballcbsi.com. Debating between Lockett and Gaskin in PPR this week, or half PPR. This is from Aussie Jeremy, who do you like better, Lockett or Gaskin? I'm having trust issues with Miles Gaskin. So I'm going to take Lockett and hope that he can make a big play or two with Geno. I'll go with Gaskin. Why okay. do you do you have trust issues with Gaskin too? Or yes, maybe but I also have trust issues with Tyler Lockett right now. Okay. I hear you. Colin from a city known for its omelets. He says Denver is known for its omelets. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. Denver oh. omelet. Okay. Ham, that in the airport. That in the airport, right. Uh, dear, Mark, dear Marquise, AJ, Reggie, and Alfred. Poison. And it's going to be hard for you guys to get that. They are players who are colors. Marquise Brown, AJ Green, Reggie White, and Alfred. Blue. Blue, Blue yes. Okay, uh, can you give me a good reason why overtime points should count? at least in the kinds of serious leagues that don't play kickers. OT points seem at least as random and unpredictable as a kicker, if not more so. It would be trivial logistically to have the option to exclude them. Um, Yeah, what do you think? Should overtime points count? (laughs) Heath is covering his face in shame over this question. Wow. Oh, Heath is so embarrassed for Colin from Omelette City, Denver. Wow. What? Go ahead. Nothing. 
I guess if you're trying to project players, you never project them for overtime. But come on, it's football. Uh, they play overtime. You, you just deal with it. The player is playing, right? He's, He's producing playing. stats. Mm-hmm. It counts. That's funny. I don't think that overtime should count when you make an over-under bet. I think that it should be a regulation bet. Oh, stop. No, I don't think so at all. That's BS. Do you also think that the bet should be voided if your player gets hurt during the game? Like if you take the over on Saquon last week and he got hurt? No. Well, he got hurt, though. All right. Next question. Jason from Vermont. Things happen. It's football. Half team, half PPR. Give up Jamar Chase. Get Kareem Hunt. He has Eckler, Zach Moss, Gaskin, Pollard, A.J. Dillon, Jeff Wilson. So he could use... The he's better at wide receiver than running back. Would you give up Jamar Chase for Kareem Hunt? I'd want a little more. Would you believe that they are almost dead even in the trade chart? Yes, I would believe I would. that. I think this All is right. a fair deal. Fair Full deal. PPR, I give a slight nod to Chase. Uh, from no name, Dave, name and city. Carl from up north. Can you guys talk about where Antonio Brown ranks among wide receivers rest of season? Sure, he's a top 24 receiver rest of season. There will be games where he stinks, but I think he's just he's a big part of a high-powered passing offense. If he plays the rest of the year, he will finish within, inside the top 18. Would you rather have Antonio Brown or... I think this is a tough one, but people probably won't agree with me. Chase Claypool. I'd rather have Brown. Ooh, it's really close. I think we should rank the Browns. Okay, we've got a AJ. Marquise, Antonio, and AJ. Oh. Woo. That is a good game. Welcome to Rank the Browns. Oh, what do you got? How, how are you going to do it with your theme music? Okay, Malcolm's last. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. I think I would go AJ, Marquise, then Antonio. Um, But, man, it might be Marquise at the top. I think it is Marquise at the top. I'd go Marquise. And I really want to say A.J. Brown next. I really hope that he starts to, you know, get himself going and Tannehill plays a little bit better. I made a trade offer that I think probably will get denied, and it would have seemed asinine just a a couple of weeks ago in Dynasty. Um, But I don't don't know how crazy it is now. I offered Marquise Brown and Kadarius Toney. For AJ Brown and T Higgins, delete, delete. Nah, I don't know. That's pretty even. Um, okay, Apple Podcast questions here. Two minutes for these guys, um, and we'll and we'll skedaddle. Uh, from cool two dollars, drop or keep these guys. I don't have the format. McKissick, Ayuk, Pollard. I would keep Pollard. I would drop Ayuk, and. Um, Mary McKissick. No, wait. That'd be the other one. Uh, keep McKissick or drop him? He might be one of the better bi-week replacements in PPR leagues this week. He could be. If plus, you need him this week, I would keep him. Plus, you got Gibson with the with the shin injury. I'd be a little... Yeah, hesitant. but even if Gibson misses time, I don't think it's going to be all McKissick. No, I didn't say it would be all Fair McKissick, back. but he'll have a boost like he did last year. Probably. All right, from Rob S. I have Brady and Mahomes... Uh, should I trade Brady for an RB upgrade? He has Swift, Edmonds, Miles Sanders, and Zach Moss, and it's only a 10-team league. Yeah, I would do that. Absolutely. See if you can turn Brady and Edmonds into a number one running back. From Shane in a town east of Cincinnati, I traded... New York. There you go. I traded Swift and Debo for Najee Harris and Tyler Lockett. This was right before the Wilson injury. So Mm. it was better then. Swift and Debo for Najee and Lockett. I like it. Yeah, as much as I love DeAndre Swift, I think Najee Harris might be a number two or three, the number two or three running back rest of season. So Whoa. I like it. Okay. There's I don't think he's that high. No but I think way he's going to be that good rest of season. Are you kidding me? He's currently the number five running back, and he's got a 20% target share that's been much higher when Juju is out. He's second in the NFL in rush share, the share of his team's rush attempts oh, that he yeah. has. yeah. And he's, I think he leads all running backs in targets. So he could absolutely be the best running back behind Derrick Henry. You know there why are, he no. might be, he might, he might get there just by on attrition. 
Well, all the running backs in front of them get hurt. If McCaffrey, if McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, Eckler, and Zeke are healthy, no one's touching them. Maybe Aaron Jones. As he's been better than Eckler so far, right? Better than Eckler? No. Eckler is averaging 22 points per game or something like that. Eckler's been amazing. I'm not sure it's his. Uh, Eckler is I the number two cool. running back in PPR. He's the only one even sniffing Derrick Henry right now. I yes, he is. He is the number two running back, but I I don't know. Eckler's at 23 PPR points per game. Najee is at 18.6 PPR points per game. So, yeah. Two more. From Brian, grade the trade. Give, give up Najee Harris and Corey Davis for Kyler Murray in a 2QB league. He still has Hunt and Henderson at running back. Read it one more time. Please. Najee Harris and Corey Davis for Kyler Murray, 2QB. I don't think I would. Yeah, I don't think I would either. From Mosties, someone dropped Jerry Judy. Should I drop Sterling Shepard to pick him up? Oh, yeah. 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 All right. And we are done with today's show. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Start or sit for the AFC home games. And I am not going to butcher this outro. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.